الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ قال لقمان لابنه وهو يعظه يا بني لا تشرك بالله إن الشرك لظلم عظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاة عماد الدين من أقامها فقد أقام الدين ومن هدمها فقد هدم الدين أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected ulamai kiram, brothers and elders The Quran Sharif is the book of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala revealed for our guidance and every aspect in the Quran Sharif is for our hidayat and guidance a very big section of the Quran Sharif contains the incidents of the Anbiya and other aspects of that nature which bring the advices of the past for us one of the advices the Quran Sharif itself gives us is the advice that Luqman gave to his son according to the consensus of the scholars apart from a few he was not a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. but he was somebody who was blessed with tremendous hikmat and wisdom Quran Sharif testifies to his wisdom with Qala Luqman Ulibni one entire Ruku Allah Ta'ala gives us the advice that this personality gave to his son now the ayat Allah Ta'ala says وَلَقَدْ آتِيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ He blessed him with hikmat and wisdom. So that personality who Allah Ta'ala says we gave him hikmat. Allah Ta'ala endorses this hikmat and wisdom in the Quran Sharif. And some of the advices that he gave his son. Allah Ta'ala preserved that in the Quran Sharif for us till Qiyamah. So the advice of such a personality won't be very superficial. Just by the way be very deep. So what is the advice that he gave which the Quran Sharif has preserved? But apart from that, there were numerous advices he gave his son over time. On one occasion he said to his son that I have given you over time 4,000 advices. So this is also a very big lesson as parents, as fathers, that this is an ongoing responsibility of a parent to be advising his children. It's not a once-off thing, it's not an occasional thing, it's not just something to be just dispensed with, it's an ongoing need that parents have to guide their children, advise them, keep reminding them of Allah Ta'ala, keep reminding them of the Akhirat. We do advise them with regards to their schooling, with regards to their business, with regards to many material things. In fact, we advise them about their sports also. We advise them about sometimes where they will find some games to play. But to fi- advise them about how to connect with Allah Taala, what is going to be truly the wealth that's going to be beneficial to them. So in any case he said to him that over time I gave you 4,000 pieces of advice. But today I'm selecting four advices for you. Out of that 4,000. So now one is every bit of those advices would be filled with wisdom. Because it came from a personality whose wisdom the Quran is endorsing. 
But now he is himself out of that wisdom Allah blessed him. He is selecting four out of four thousand. So subhanallah what a kind of selection this would be. And this is that lesson that he now simplifies things. That you latch on to these four things. Inshallah everything else will fall into place. So being the spiritual children of the pious, of the Anbiya of the people who are connected to Allah Ta'ala, this advice is for us. So we need to attach ourselves to these advices and it will benefit us. So he said to his son, now I'm selecting these four advices out of four thousand that I gave you over time. So the first advice he gave him now, now this is the top of the list, out of four thousand, the selection. And he said to him, إِذَا كُنْتَ فِي مَجَالِسِ النَّاسِ فَحْفَظْ لِسَانَكَ That when you are in the gatherings of people, then guard your tongue. Now can we imagine a person of this wisdom, and he is now giving advice, and he is selecting out of 4,000 advices, four. And top of the list, number one, look after your tongue. Guard your tongue. The Hadith Sharif, Nabi says that most of the things that will take people to Jahannam is most of the time it will be what they said, the things that they have uttered. That a person will fall more by his tongue than by his feet. And in that one moment of careless utterances, sometimes he might lose his wife, sometimes he might lose his iman also. Without thinking, he just blurted something, and what not happens? The tongue, the tongue is a very effective limb that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. The tongue can earn tremendously. The Hadith Sharif Nabi says, sometimes a person says something, he doesn't give it a second thought. He didn't think it to be anything great. But it was something good that he said, and that what he said brought about such a good effect thereafter. He said something and went away. He didn't even remember, remember what he said. He didn't, he didn't remain to see what it had, what impact it had. But he said something which inspired somebody. He said something which made somebody feel conscious of Allah Ta'ala. That person woke up and went from there. And then something played in his mind. And then he decided to turn, change his life for the better. And from where to where he went, he became a means of his family coming on to deen. And Allah knows best what not happened. This person said those two, three words and went on. But Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Islam says that as a result of this, Yarfa'ullahu biha darajat. That he said one statement, he didn't think much of it. But mashallah, it had such a wonderful effect that Allah Ta'ala raises his stages tremendously in the akhirah due to it. And the converse also is true. That sometimes he utters a careless statement, he doesn't know what doesn't realize what effect it brought, but a negative statement. That person now got affected by it. He went home and started fighting with somebody. Allah knows best where that led to. It finally broke people apart. It broke families apart. Now that one careless word, one careless statement, it became so divisive, it became so destructive, and it tore people apart. And this person was gone. He didn't even realize what he did. Nabi Islam says, Yahweh bihafi jahannam. He falls into the depths of jahannam due to that statement he made. So, this tongue, 
that to say that which will please Allah Taala, and be conscious of what a person is speaking how is he saying it what is he saying also how is he saying it to say the right thing is very essential but saying the right thing in the right manner sometimes a person is saying the right thing but he's saying it in such a way that what he said also breaks somebody so saying the right thing with the right intention to please Allah alone and in the right manner that that will have a very positive effect so the first lesson that Hazrat Tukman gave to his son that when you are in the gatherings of people look after your tongue gatherings because generally a person is with somebody in company that's when he's going to talk and sometimes a person just cannot stop talking and sometimes a person has to talk if he doesn't talk it seems like he might not digest his food he has to say something Hazrat Umar that personality who Rasulullah declared about him that Lokana Badi Nabiyan Lakana Umar. Had they been a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. But there's no Nabi after Nabi Sallallahu So his statements are very profound. And on one occasion he said, Man kasura kalamuhu kasura sakatuhu. The person who keeps speaking a lot, he must always make some comment about everything. He must always give his input in anything and everything, whether it's required or not. And he must always have something to say upon anybody else's comment. So now the person who has this of always talking something or the other, he is going to slip and fall often by his words. He's going to say things which are not in line. He's going to say something that's going to hurt somebody. He's going to say something that's going to cross the line of deen. And when he keeps falling, Over time, when he keeps falling and making mistakes, and now he has to apologize to somebody, and somebody doesn't apologize also too. And sometimes he just feels, well, I said what I want to say. I speak my mind. Why should I bother about, why should I bother about that haya dropped? That shame, that now I shouldn't be hurting somebody, I should be talking in an appropriate manner, I shouldn't be saying things that cause problems between people. But now that haya drops, because it's repeatedly happening. So now that haya drops. When that haya decreases, eventually it comes lower and lower, his heart dies. His heart is no more sensitive to any good and to any wrong, that I am doing something wrong, I shouldn't be doing this, the heart dies. So this is how important the tongue is. And there's so much of emphasis in the ahadith on guarding the tongue, controlling the tongue. One sahabi asked Nabi Wasallam, the time of fitna now, how do I save myself if there's fitnas around? Nabi Wasallam said, top of the list, amlik alayka lisanak. Guard your tongue, be careful about what you say, amlik alayka lisanak. Let your house be sufficient for you. Don't come out unnecessarily. There's a dini necessity, you're going to the masjid for salah with jama'ah, you must do that. You're going for some dini work, you're going for something related to deen, you're going for your worldly necessities. By all means. But don't go unnecessarily because you'll get caught up in fitna. And cry over your sins. Beg Allah's forgiveness. So the first lesson he gave him, tongue. Then he said the second lesson, When you are in the homes of people, guard your gaze. Now why the homes of people? Because we are talking about that era and that period of time when it was not conceivable, thinkable, imaginable that a person would have any opportunity of casting some haram glance outside. Because outside if any woman had to... Ex- 
emerged out of the home, she emerged in a way she was completely concealed. But now a person went to visit someone, he visited him in his two by two house, that house was everything, that one two by two room was everything. So now he went to visit somebody, he went for some work there, it was possible that that parda could have got compromised in some way. So now he's being cautioned beforehand, that be very careful, guard your gaze. Because the gaze is directly linked to the heart. And now it's no more confined to anybody else's home, anywhere, the home, the street, the business, anywhere and everywhere. That if a person guards his gaze, his heart will be protected. And his heart will be protected, the heart is king. Then all the limbs will be in order. Maybe Islam says the heart is in order spiritually, then all the limbs will be spiritually in order. And if this is corrupted, everything will be corrupted. Now the heart is affected directly by the gaze. Maybe Islam says that a person casts a haram glance and Nazru sahmum min sihami iblisa masmum. That this is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. Now one is an arrow. So if the arrow, it scratches somebody, just missed him. So now it will be just a scratch. Don't really harm him much. But this poisonous arrow is dipped in poison. And it doesn't hit him directly too. It just scratches him, it will be fatal. Now we start with you in this example. That that haram glance, looking at something filthy, some evil... This is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. And now when a person is committing this haram glance, he's looking at some non-maharam, he's looking at some filth on his phone, he's looking at some evil somewhere. Now this is shooting, shaitan is shooting poisonous arrows directly into his heart. And now one arrow is bad enough. Can you imagine a person now for 10 minutes, for one hour, Allah knows best how long, he is looking at all kinds of evil and filth, what becomes the condition of the heart? The poison of that heart, of shaitan's arrows, then permeates that heart. Now the mind only thinks in a filthy manner. The hands only want to touch what's filth. The legs only want to walk towards haram. And the ears only want to listen to something dirty. And the tongue only speaks in that manner. And the person then conducts his life in that way. Because the heart has become poisoned with the poison of shaitan. So this is, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam further says, that this Allah is saying in the hadith Qudsi, that this haram glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan, man tarakaha makhafati, abdaltu biha imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbi. The person who will forsake this haram glance, Allah says, out of my fear, not for the sake of people, not because his wife will catch him, not because of some other issue. Allah is watching, Allah is aware. If nobody's wife is watching, Allah is watching. If the parents are not watching, but Allah is aware. Allah knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. So more than anything, the haya must be for Allah first. Allah is aware. Allah is aware of everything. What is in my heart and mind, Allah is aware. So now, the person who will leave it out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala says, Abdaltu biha imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbi I will give him in return such iman that he will taste its sweetness in his heart. This will be a physical experience. And what's the spiritual part of that experience is also beyond description. 
So this will be that, that he forsake haram pleasure, Allah Ta'ala will bless him with halal pleasure. Now he will have that pleasure in his salah. When he starts reciting the Quran Sharif, he won't want to stop. He starts taking the name of Allah Ta'ala and making zikr, that will give him an ecstasy. And in serving deen and making khidmat of deen, that will be the contentment of his heart. And all the futile things and things that tempt a person, which is just a deception. And all the fun and excitement is in all these things. Just a deception. It is just that few minutes of so-called excitement and then a lifetime of misery. Then now as a result of that, something happened and something then led to something else. And then as a result, he lost his family, he lost his wife, his bandage broke, his whole dunya went upside down, he got caught up in some intoxicants and what not happened. And his dunya went, his deen went, everything went. So all that's a deception of shaitan. It's all just sugar-coated, but it's poison inside. So it all starts off with the glance. With the haram glance, often, very often this is where it starts off. So this is what Luqman is cautioning his son. Be careful about your gaze. Because the gaze directly impacts on the heart. The gaze and the hearing. In the Quran Sharif, many places Allah speaks. وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah Ta'ala granted you sight, granted you hearing, and granted you a heart. وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمْ فِي بُطُونِ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ لَا تَعَلَمُونَ شَيْئًا وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah gave you sight, gave you hearing, gave you heart. Sight and hearing directly linked to the heart. So this was the second message, guard your gaze. So guard your tongue, guard your gaze. Then the third message he gave it to him, that وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ فَحْفَظْ قَلْبَكَ When you're in your salah, now you connect yourself to Allah Ta'ala. Guard your heart. The things that we outside, leave it outside. Now come into the house of Allah Ta'ala, and now connect with Allah Ta'ala alone. Unfortunately, again, the devices that are with us, which become devices of vices, now that it can't stop anywhere, it doesn't stop in the masjid, doesn't stop in the house of Allah Ta'ala also. That is indeed a very great tragedy. That everything, forget what is haram, even what is halal, but now that's outside, should be left outside. Now the person comes into the house of Allah Ta'ala, and therefore the house of Allah Ta'ala is such a, Nabi Islam says, the best place on earth are the masajid. Habbul biladi ilallahi masajiduha. The most beloved of all places on earth to Allah Ta'ala are the masajid. And those who come to the masjid are the visitors of the house of Allah Ta'ala, Zuwarullah. They are the visitors of Allah Ta'ala. And those who are the visitors of Allah Ta'ala, Allah is the host. And Nabi Islam says that it is only the right of the host to honor his guest. Allah will honor his guest, who can ever compare to that? That Izzat Allah will give to the person who has come to the masjid. Subhanallah. He has come to the best place on earth. There cannot be a more secure place on earth also. So in any case, now he says when you come to the masjid, you are in the house of Allah Ta'ala, you're performing your salah, you connect with Allah Ta'ala, فَحْفَظْ قَلْبَكَ قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Allah Ta'ala says those believers are successful who develop this khushu in their salah, that they connect with Allah Ta'ala in that salah. So this was the third message he gave him, that when you are in your salah, then guard your heart. That salah, Nabi Islam says, is the central pillar of deen. One of the most important pillars of deen. The one who will keep this pillar alive, keep it in place. 
then he will keep the rest of deen in place. But he compromises this, he'll start compromising everything else in deen. Salah. Unfortunately, this is not given that due importance. Our day, our day should revolve around Salah. Not that Salah is fitted somewhere in the day. That okay, there's a meeting here, there's some deal there, there's something else here. We'll put Salah somewhere around. No, no, everything else will come afterwards. Salah in its time. And then the fourth advice he gave him, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ عَلَى الْمَاءِدَى فَحْفَزْ بَطْنَكَ When you're on the Dastarkhan, when you're eating now, then guard your stomach. Eat how much you need to eat. Eat to your need, don't eat to the greed. That whatever the eyes see now has to go inside. A seafood diet. It should not be a seafood diet in that sense. It should be according to a person's need. How much he needs to eat. What will be his requirement? Everybody's requirement is not the same. According to his need, according to his requirement. Because that excessive eating, overeating, besides being harmful physically, it creates spiritual lethargy as well. Person doesn't feel inclined now to amal at that time. Till he doesn't come, overcome that overeating. So in any case, this was the fourth message he gave, gave to him. That when you are now eating, then guard your stomach. So guard your tongue, guard your gaze. In salah, guard your heart. And when you're eating, guard your stomach. So now he promised him four things. or said to him, I'm going to give you four advices. The four were done. But then he said, well, I got two more also. A person will say, but now we already had the four, what's the need for further about two? So to understand it, like somebody said, I want to give you four million. He said, but I'm feeling like giving you two more million. He said, but you have even two more also, it's ready, no problem. So, he said, this is, forget two million, this is priceless advice. It's another two. Another two. He said, look, two, two things don't ever remember. Don't ever remember two things. Ajib, don't remember two things. He said, there's two things don't ever remember. One is, don't ever remember your favors to people. You've done it for Allah Ta'ala. You've done it for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala has rewarded you. And whatever barakat came in dunya, the real reward will come in akhirat. So you've done it for Allah Ta'ala, so why should you be reminding somebody else? Or reminding the person you did it to? He only was the means of you gaining Allah's favor. So you did it for Allah Ta'ala, so your matter is with Allah Ta'ala, not with him. So don't ever remember your favors to people. In the Hadith Sharif it comes that among those who Allah Ta'ala won't even look at them with Nazar-e-Rahmat. Al-Ma'man, the person who indulged in reminding people of his favors. To do a favor to somebody, that's a good act, mustahab. But to remind him about it is haram. If a person is definitely going to remind him, he'd rather not do the mustahab. And then get involved in haram. So he said, don't ever remind people of your favors. Don't ever remember your favors to people. And don't ever remember people's ill-treatment to you. What are you going to get out of it? It's just baggage on your head. If there's something claimable, something recoverable, you want to claim it, by all means, in a dignified manner, within the limits of Sharia, claim it, if you want to claim it. But if there's nothing to claim about, what are you going to do now? Sit and carry this baggage along. That baggage is in your head. That person said it and forgot about it and is gone. He is not even affected by it. But now one bag, and somebody else's bag, and the third bag, and all the baggage, under the weight of that baggage, who's getting crushed? So clear your heart of it. And the person who clears his heart, he's the first person who benefits out of it. Because he feels that weight over. His matter is Allah, Allah Ta'ala. He forgave for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, he can be now hopeful Allah will forgive him. He said, don't ever remember your favors to people, 
Don't remember people's ill treatment to you. Forget about it. It's done. In the Qiyamah, on the day of Qiyamah, you'll get your reward for that forgiveness. And two things don't ever forget. Don't forget two, two aspects. One is, don't ever forget death. Death is coming. Death, Allah knows best when our time comes. A person can be as healthy as anything, and his time can come. He can be young, he can be fit, he can be anybody. But when the time comes, There is no delaying that moment of death. That will come only on its appointed time, and a person cannot go before the appointed time either. It will only be on that appointed time. So don't ever forget death, and don't ever forget Allah. Don't ever forget Allah. All the time remember, Allah is away. Allah knows. I can hide from people, maybe I can hide from my wife, I can hide from my parents, I can hide from society, but how far I want to hide? Allah Ta'ala knows. So remember Allah Ta'ala. You remember Allah Ta'ala, you'll be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And you remember death, that will become a barrier against sin. Because now this could be my last moment. Do I want to die in a place of vice? Do I want to die gambling? Do I want to die on the bed of zina? Do I want to die with something haram in my hand? Watching some filth? Allah forbid, this is just for Ibrad. That people, one person was looking very sad one day in the masjid, sitting in the corner, and little down. Somebody, friend of his came and asked him, what's happening? Something's not right? He said, no, no worries. He said, no, no, something's a problem. Tell me what's a problem. So eventually then he opened out. He was a person, mashallah, who used to assist with janazas and so on. He said, today I had to go to pick up one janazah out of the bed of zina. So that's affected me now. How, how is, what's, what's going to be the outcome here? So these things have happened, these are realities. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. This is the message He gave to His Son. This is the message we have to take to our hearts. This is the message which Inshallah we hold on firmly to. It will become a means of our good of dunya. And more than anything, it will take us Inshallah with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala to Jannah. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana